So as I uh, come and bring the word this morning, uh, do uh, grab a Bible either from the bookcase or uh, have that available on your phones. And uh, Bill and Debbie are going to just distribute some of these light cards amongst us, which is the invitation cards that we have to uh, all of our services coming up through this Advent and Christmas period. So just take one, pass it on, or take as many as you like and pass them on. Uh, Just want to talk to that in a moment. Uh, I want to add my thanks to you all uh, as well for Mill Road Fair. Such a lot of fun and uh, conversations over teas and coffees uh, outside as well. just people being really blown away by the fact they were getting a free gift, uh, whether that was a tea or coffee or uh, a mince pie, or just enjoying the warmth of being in here. And so many people said to me, uh, what uh, a, a wonderful welcoming people uh, in St. Barnabas Church. And uh, thank you so much, because that in itself is spreading the light of Christ among people as we, as we go through Advent. Uh, so thank you. It was just a fantastic day. During uh, Advent, uh, we're uh, we're wanting in our series in the mornings to focus on the theme of light, which you will have uh, picked up from all sorts of visual cues around us. Uh, Light is an easy thing to talk about at Christmas, as simply there's lights everywhere. Um, However, on another level, People are only too aware of the darkness that they may see in and around their lives. The light that Jesus brings, the light that comes into the world that we celebrate at Christmas is also what we're inviting people into. Light speaks of how God is. God is light. It speaks of hope, of a new way of living, of what we share. It's good news. Light is a gift from God himself. So that's what we'll be looking at over these next few weeks. And this card that we have, this visual image that we have for these weeks serves as a reminder for us that God is light, but also as an invitation to those around us. So do take these, and there's lots of pile, there's a pile of them underneath the clock and also in the square. Take them and and use them to invite people into community carols. Just give them that as an invitation. That's our way of spreading further light as we go through this season. I love the way that the Gospels start their accounts of Jesus. Mark bursts in with saying the kingdom of God is near. Luke focuses on relational dynamics between families. Matthew starts with a history, a genealogy. And John, well John goes for the max. John starts his gospel with the words in the beginning. And by starting with those three words, he catches the attention of his listeners. 
Because those three words are used to start the story of creation. And it is as if John is saying, in the beginning, there's creation. In the beginning of his account, there is a new creation happening. And that new creation is salvation. God's creating work at the beginning of Genesis, then taken further at the beginning of John into God's saving work. So with that in mind, let's uh, read John chapter one. And I'm reading verses one to 13. John chapter one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. John wants to see his book as the story of God and the world. Not just the story of one character in one place and one time, he talks of Jesus, the word, as being pre-existent with God at the time of the creation. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. This so recalls the early part of Genesis. And just to remind us of what that says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God 
was hovering over the waters. Out of nothing, the word with God brought creation. All that creative power, the word, Jesus, was there. He was with God, and through him all things were made. He's described as the word, the Greek word logos, where we get our word logic from. And I love how Timothy Keller, uh, that great preacher, describes the word. He says, God has spoken rationally, the logos, the logic of God. Jesus is the logic of God. God has not given us a watertight argument to prove that Christianity is true. He has given us a watertight person. Not an abstract argument, but a watertight person is the compelling proof that the God of the Bible and Christianity is true. Tim Keller then goes on to say, check it out. Read about Jesus in the Gospels and you will find that watertight person there, that perfect person in the Gospels. It's Jesus who is the compelling proof that the God of the Bible and Christianity is true. And John's gospel, one of the main themes of his gospel is that if you want to know who the true God is, look long and hard at Jesus Christ. Allow the light that is Jesus to illuminate you. And this Jesus Christ who's recorded as walking on earth was there at the very beginning. He was with God. The world was created through him. And in him was life. And the life was the light of all humankind. Let's read that creating of light and life from Genesis 1 verses 3 to 5. So where we left that reading was empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Where there was nothing but chaotic darkness, God created light and separated it from the darkness. And life and light are repeating themes of John's gospel. As we come back to verse five in chapter one of John, we read this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. 
And that is a definite statement that John is giving here. The darkness has not overcome the light. The darkness has not overcome the light. Tom Wright comments, the word challenged the darkness before creation and now challenges the darkness that is found tragically within creation itself. The word is bringing into being the new creation in which God says once more, let there be light. Let there be light. So let's look at this word overcome. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It's a word in the original language that has got a variety of meanings. It's a bit like our word grasp. You can either grasp something to to hold it or you can grasp a concept or an idea. And there are both of these particular meanings going on with this word overcome, which is how the art version has translated it. So let's take that first one, that the darkness has not overcome the light. And with that, there's a sense of battle. The darkness is not able to hold the light. It's not able to grasp it in that way. And the action of light over darkness is Jesus' victory, Jesus as the light of the world, his victory over darkness. I mean, as we think around our world at the moment, as we think around the lives of people we know, Jesus is victorious. The light is victorious over the darkness. That is the truth. That is the reality of what John is saying here. In the Bible, morally, Light refers to purity and holiness, where darkness refers to sin and wrongdoing. John takes this further in his gospel. The darkness that John refers to is not only absence of light, but it is also evil. So darkness isn't so much absence of light, it's positive evil when John is referring to it. So the light is so important because the light is the revelation that is bound up with creation, but it is also bringing salvation. Evil is overcome by the person and work of Jesus Christ through his death on the cross. Jesus' triumph over evil. And he wins that once for all on the cross through his death and resurrection. But as John describes his life, as he goes through the the story, the reality of Jesus' life on earth, he describes, John describes Jesus' action in bringing light, clearing the temple courts, turning the tables over, a healing a man who'd been crippled for 38 years, Jesus restoring sight to a man who was born blind. 
and Jesus raising Lazarus from death. Especially in death, the light overcomes the darkness. In this account of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, he speaks to her sister, Mar- his, Lazarus' sister, Martha, and he says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? We all face death. We all have that ahead of us. But death is not the end. The light and life of Christ overcomes the darkness and evil and finality of death. and brings hope and resurrection. Somebody I know was sharing a story recently of, uh, about their grandparents who were really struggling in hospital and in a very hard situation. But she was able to share that in the, in the build-up to them going into hospital, Uh, one of the carers who was visiting their home prayed with her grandmother. And she described it as she brought light into that dark situation. And over the next few weeks, her grandmother prayed a prayer inviting Jesus into her life, inviting the light of Christ into her life. That meant that when she died, death itself wasn't the end. She went to be with Jesus because she made that commitment. Light overcomes darkness. The other aspect to that word around overcome is that the the darkness cannot understand the light, cannot comprehend the light. And again, John, in his gospel, describes Jesus' action in bringing understanding to people about the light. We see Jesus bringing understanding to his own people, his disciples. He also has a conversation with Nicodemus, who was one of the people of faith, of the Jewish faith, who'd come to ask Jesus, who was one of the original people who'd received God's covenant and came to ask Jesus what was it all about and came to Jesus under the cover of night. And this is what Jesus says to 
Nicodemus about the darkness. This is John 3, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds may be exposed, will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Jesus is giving that explicit association of darkness associated with evil actions of people. That's part of the understanding of bringing light into the situation that Jesus brings light. He also converses with people who aren't his own people. The Samaritan woman at the well, he gives her understanding. And then to the crowds in John chapter eight, verse 12. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of Christ. That is the the answer, that's the solution to what he's saying to Nicodemus about when we, as people, get trapped in evil actions and darkness. If we follow him, we're following the light of Christ. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When he says this, this infuriates the religious authorities of the day who said, you can't be your own witness. But they've forgotten that John the Baptist, as we read at the beginning, was witness to Jesus. This is what uh, John says about John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. John the Baptist is described as a reliable witness, yet the author, John, makes it clear that John the Baptist himself was not the light. He goes on to say in verse nine, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. It's really important for us to recognize that the true light gives light to everyone. The opportunity of the light is for everyone in the whole world. And what happens when light comes into a room? Well, even the smallest candle in a dark room illuminates it. And light gives life. So God gives light to everyone, but as John describes, this is not recognized by the world and it's not received by his own people. There is Jesus, the light, but he's not recognized and he's not received. And yet, to everyone who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of a natural descent, 
nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It's too much to get our heads around, isn't it? We need the Holy Spirit to illuminate us. The pre-existent word through whom everything came into being gives the right for us to become children of God, adopted into the family of God. What does it take on our part to become children of God, to be born into the family of God? Well, it's simply to humbly recognize and receive the light. As humbly as Martha, but also with boldness. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Though the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. How did that how did that happen in, in Martha's heart? How did she suddenly say, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. How can any of us who follow Jesus can, can say how that happened? Because it's not like we've argued ourselves into the position of acceptance. It's not like we've brought, there's a, uh, it's down to us assenting. There is something that God does in our hearts. He takes all of our thinking, all of our understanding of Jesus, all of our looking at that watertight person, and then he takes it from our head to our hearts so that we can get into that position that we like Martha, we can say, yes, I believe this is who you are. The lights suddenly go on in our lives. We are illuminated by the light of Christ. So what I want to invite us into this morning is to humbly recognize the light that is Christ and to receive the light that is Christ. Let's take a moment just to hold these cards in our hands.
it may be that as I've been talking, you've become aware of aspects of your life where you thought, hmm, that was more about darkness than it was about light. And I'm going to lead us in a, in a prayer of saying sorry to God for that. So let's just take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to show us areas in our lives where we need to see the freedom of God, the light of Christ come and overcome the darkness. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So the blood of Jesus cleanse us now from all that we have brought to God in an attitude of confession. And the light of Jesus fill you now with his life in all its fullness. We thank you, Lord, that you have overcome the darkness through your death and resurrection, and that your light indeed has come into our lives. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So we've received the light in us. And now, we want to see the light around us. We want to step into our right to become children of God and the joy of sharing that, that light with others around us. And I'd like to pray for two aspects of this as we come into the time of response. So if Andy and the band would like to come forward. I want to invite us firstly to stand, stand all together. When I describe the actions of Jesus in John's gospel, as he brought light to the culture around him, into the lives of people around him, he, 
I described how he challenged the culture in the temple. He brought healing to people. He brought set, he set captives free, set people who were oppressed free. And he was part of the original creation. So there's an aspect of our lives where as we go and share the light, there is to, we're engaging with creation, we're protecting creation as well. As we go into the lives of uh, our lives, as we go through this week, is there one thing that God's bringing to your mind where you can bring the light that you've received to bear in the lives of people around you? It might be that you're prompted to pray for somebody for healing. It might be in your workplace that you're having to stand against injustice. It might be that you're getting alongside somebody that you can see is oppressed. It might be that you're simply giving somebody a coffee. Let's just take a moment to allow God to show us those areas, those people that he wants us to bring light to. As we stand together, I'm just going to lead us in prayer. Lord, we pray for your light to overcome the darkness. We pray the reality of that this morning because Jesus, you are the light of the world. We pray for healing over sickness. We pray for clarity over confusion. We pray for freedom over oppression. We pray for your light, Jesus, to illumine the world, illuminate the world in which we walk. Thank you, Lord. Let your light come in our lives and to those around us. As we continue with our response, Andy's going to lead us in worship. As we worship the one who brings light, who is light, and is here now with his light.